Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednars and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast. Glad you're with us. John Morris, Brooke Bednars. Brooke, happy homecoming. It's homecoming on the Baylor campus this week. Yes, I am super excited. This is actually my third homecoming Fantastic. for Baylor. Um, my very first week, I just hit working here two years, <laughs> and my very first week working here was homecoming. Oh, uh, what a so, way to start. I know. It was very <laughs> exciting. I got thrown into all the homecoming activities and fortunately that was 2019 so everything was normal um and then I got to experience a COVID homecoming which was you know abnormal yeah. but very excited to uh be able to dive in with uh Dr. Burchett here and um hear all the things and how we're going to get back to normal this uh, year. So much going on. We welcome Dr. Matt Burchett, Assistant Dean of Philanthropic Engagement and Senior Director of Student Activities. I'm going to go with Matt, if that's okay. <laughs> that's perfect. Okay. Matt, good to see you. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm trying to do the math. If this is your third homecoming, for me, this is my 44th, 44th homecoming. How about that? That's 44th. awesome. 44th homecoming. Yeah. Is that right? goes back to 1977. Do you have a favorite homecoming sure. that you can remember? This year's. This year's. <laughs> <laughs> he took the easy way out of that, that was, right? Yeah, 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 I did. That was easy. Um, no, I mean, they've all been great in their own way, you know, and, uh, and doing the parade is always fun. We've had every kind of weather doing the parade. Every kind of weather. It always makes it interesting this time of year. You never know in mid-October, you know, this week it looks like it's going to be a little gloomy, a right, little gray. Right, But it kind of feels like homecoming too, right, John? Yeah. Well, but a, a little a bit taste more of fall. fall. Right, yeah, right, right, right. Cool weather. I'm, I feel like cool weather, I mean, homecoming, they kind of go hand in hand. Bring it on. It'll be cooler for the bonfire. That's right. If you're going to have a big old bonfire, <laughs> it needs to be there. cooler. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Well, Matt, thanks for being with us. I know it's a very busy week for you, and thanks for your time. But it is a it is a big week, isn't it, on the Baylor campus? It's a huge week. You know, this is our hundred and – oh, geez. Four. It is the 97th. Um, and 112. 112. 112. Yeah. Yes. 97th consecutive. Yeah, we had it, we had a couple years where we had to take some time off due to World War One, World mm-hmm. War Two, where we didn't have it in consecutive years. And in the onset of the tradition, we didn't have it every single year. Um, but yeah, 112 years later. Yeah. Um, and this is my 14th homecoming. There you go. All right. Very <laughs> good. I was trying to track back the math in my head because we were here for the 100th anniversary yep. celebration. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, back in 2009, I was like, okay, I got to do my math really quickly, but. <laughs> Uh, it's a huge week, and it's it's one of the it's one of the most uh, storied traditions on the Baylor campus, and and certainly a time when alumni and family and friends alike all come together with a really meaningful set of activities. To you know, the original invitation to homecoming was to return to Baylor to renew former associations and catch that Baylor spirit again. It was so simple, such a simple invitation, but that simple invitation really rings true today. In that you're going to come back, you're going to remember. 
the people and the places that meant so much to you during your undergraduate experience. And hopefully just remind yourself why Baylor is such a special place mm -hmm. to you and hopefully to those who are in your circle. And so many people do that. I mean, I know at other schools, homecoming is maybe they have it, but it's not a big deal. But it really is a big deal here. And people, Baylor folks, Baylor alums, really look forward to this week. Oh, they look forward to it. And they, they anticipate us making the announcement of when homecoming is going to be every single year when the football schedule comes out. And people are always guessing and wondering. And uh, there's just so much to, to do and to experience while you're here this week, whether it's uh, going to the bonfire, the extravaganza, whether it's attending pigskin review, going to the parade. For our students, too, it's a very monumental time, particularly in the first-year experience, because you're having this the first opportunity to uh, do a homecoming worship, which we did. Uh, uh, this is I'm talking about Monday now. So last night was Monday. Uh, Vertical and Passion did a big worship service to kick off the week, and, and that's a nod to our original tradition whenever George W. Truitt, who was the pastor of First Baptist Dallas at the time um, came and gave a sermon to kick off the first homecoming. Wow. And wow. so uh, uh, we always have a worship service as a nod to that tradition of, of we always start homecoming with some level of acknowledgement of our Christian mission, Christian heritage, and celebration of what God has done at Baylor and through Baylor uh, throughout the course of the year between the last homecoming. And so, um, but for our first year students, that, that really monumental moment of uh, homecoming as being this initiation into the Baylor family. They have a, a lot of great moments of, of uh, the first time they run the line, then when they go to the line camp or when they have their first day of classes. But mass meeting is a, is a really critical time because that's when we first introduce them to the idea of the Baylor spirit and what the Baylor spirit means to us as a family. Uh, the Baylor spirit recognizing that we live our lives on behalf of other people. We sacrifice and use our time, talent, and treasure to impact the world in the most significant way. And so that's the first introduction, and that happens later this week. And we're so thrilled for our first-year class to have that moment. Um, we missed that moment last year during COVID, and, and we're, we're just um, so excited to welcome them once again into that tradition. Will, um, is there anything specific about last year's class that, you know, will they get to? I know this year we have the largest freshman class, so that's, they might fill the area themselves. But is there any special things that you're doing to include those sophomores that they kind of had that odd year last year? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we were really fortunate last year in that homecoming was actually the first event we allowed our students to come back to during the COVID year. And so it took a lot of work and a lot of negotiation uh, with our health management team that I happen to serve on. And, uh, but we, we, in those moments last year, even in the height of the pandemic, we recognized the importance of, of homecoming, what homecoming means to our students, what it means to our family. And so we were able to, to do a homecoming celebration that included a lot of the elements that we have, not all of them. We couldn't do parade, but we had floats on display. We, yes. could, we, uh, we did our pep rally, we did extravaganza. Uh, we were able to hear from the president and John and Lori were great hosts as they normally are for our pep rally. And so uh, we were able to do a lot of the things last year, even though we were in a really precarious time in the university's life. Um, that said, uh, mass meeting is open to all students. So we're, uh, we're inviting our sophomores back and they get a chance to experience the traditional uh, mass meeting. So they're, they're gonna, uh, everyone's welcome to come back and join us for that specific experience. And then hopefully people will be incredibly enthusiastic about the remaining parts of the, the weekend between bonfire, extravaganza, and parade, and pigskin. So 
of course, everyone's always enthusiastic about Pigskin Review. We, yeah. we, we, <laughs> we don't have a hard time selling tickets yeah. to Pigskin, say the least. But you do have a really unique opportunity for Pigskin. We uh, are opening up to a virtual option. So if you're not able to come back for homecoming oh. and you still want to watch the show live, um, you can watch it in the comfort of your own home. And so That's you can buy a, a, a virtual digital ticket, and we'll send you a code, and then you have the opportunity then to, to watch it in the comfort of your home. Interesting. First time for that, right? First time for that. Yeah. And am I right? I didn't realize this until somebody told me last week. Um, so for Pigskin, it's the top eight acts from Sing from last year. We didn't have Sing last year. So this goes back two years, right? Two years. So, yeah. the, so the 2020 Sing, which is when – that was the last event we did okay. before the shutdown. Wow. Oh, so my goodness. With the last two weekends of February, uh, we finished out the last weekend yeah. of Sing, and then one week later – is when we went off wow. for spring break and the oh, shutdown wow. happened. Huh. So it was the last major event we did. So those students never got opportunity to come back and do Pigskin Review the way that we had hoped them to be able to do it. And so, um, yeah, they're bringing back all those acts from 2020 and being able to do them here, which we're thrilled about. And uh, and so, yeah. Let's go through the week. You mentioned uh, the worship service on Sunday or Monday night. That has uh, already taken place as we record this on Tuesday. We're looking at a uh, nice concert on Fountain Mall coming up this evening. Yeah, so we have dinner at the Livingstones tonight. And so we're, it's, a, it's a tradition that was started at her inauguration, actually. This is the, uh, when we were planning the inauguration for Dr. Livingstone, she said, I want to do a very student-centric event as a part of my inaugural ceremonies. And so we came up with this concept of everyone just going to her house for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, That's great. How much more student-centered can you get? Exactly. <laughs> having the big, big meal at her house in her yard. And so uh, it, we're really fortunate that, that thousands and thousands of students show up to this event every single year. That's so great. every year, much like at other traditions at Baylor, we keep upping this ante. It's like, well, we start out with six food trucks, and now we're up to 10 food trucks, now we're up to yeah. 14 food trucks, uh, where everyone just kind of circles all Britain and has an opportunity to – uh, enjoy a meal with, with Brad and Dr. Livingstone, um, uh, wandering the grounds and taking pictures. And they set up a selfie station where they can take pictures on their front porch, much like you would at a normal family gathering. Uh-huh. And so with hay and, and pumpkins and uh, the whole scene, whole you know, um, without the conflict that comes with family pictures typically, hopefully. <laughs> but, um, you know, and so it's a it's a really beautiful evening. They set up twinkle lights all throughout the trees. And, uh, and that's... Uh, design that will stay there all the way through um uh halloween Hmm. weekend uh where if you don't already know this you know one of the traditions you know during her inauguration speech dr livingstone made a joke about if you ever come and trick-or-treat at my house at all britain i won't give you the small candy i'll give you the full size candy. oh wow i would be going to that house (laughs) and so the from that point forward students have knocked on her door yeah and ask for full-size Snickers <laughs> <laughs> and full-size Skittles. They don't want the kid pack. They want yeah. the real deal. That's great. And so, I mean, last year we set up a specific event around that, and she gave out thousands of candy bars and that Snickers so cool. and full-bags <laughs> M&Ms. And so that was a financial commitment she made her inauguration kind of inadvertently, but our students have really embraced it. So when we were able to set up this beautiful setting at her home uh, during homecoming, it really carries through for the next couple of weeks as she welcomes students consistently back to, uh, to her house to, to enjoy, in this circumstance, free meal on her and Halloween, a full-size bag of candy. Yeah, that's is great. the dinner tonight, is that all students? All students are welcome. All students. I all students love are welcome. That. We normally have somewhere between four to five thousand students show up for the evening, and so and then we do have a concert. So Apollo LTD will be performing live. It's the it's the band that um, played the song for our national commercial this year, 
still be playing live as a part of that whole experience at the Albright House. That's so neat. I love that that, because you go off to college and, you know, you try to make it feel as homey as possible. Um, but, you know, it's never never the same. It's not the same thing. You're not going to your parents' house all, every weekend. And so to have that with the home feel, I mean, um, Dr. Livingstone and Brad, they're everything. I feel like they're like the best and this is not a demotion when I say this, but like the best team mom and dad, uh, <laughs> you know, they yes. are at everything. They're right there. Um, and the students really know them. And I, you know, I went to a different school and um, seeing the comparison of like how many people actually have seen and talked to her and to have that be a part of the homecoming experience, I think is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It's a great way to kick off the week. You know, if we, Look at the cadence of how homecoming kind of comes together over the that five to six day time frame to start out with worship, then to start out with a dinner at someone's home. Mm-hmm. It's very emblematic of who we are at Baylor, you know, how we're committed to each other, how we're committed to Christ. And uh, it's, not, it's not symbolic. I mean, it is is literal. And as we play that out tangibly throughout the homecoming weekend, I know there's a lot of focus on the pigskin review, a lot of focus on building a huge fire in the middle of campus, which you talk about things that are <laughs> yeah. built on the silly side, right? Uh-huh. Like here, we're going to build a huge fire, surround it with people and buildings. <laughs> um, but uh, it's such a unique part of who we are as a campus community. But um, we get a lot of attention to those fun events, but really the core of our student experience is around worship, around coming together, we're coming together around a table to have a meal together, and then about learning about the Baylor spirit and, and those who sacrificed on our behalf so we can have this experience today. 2021 very meaningful all right so that's monday tuesday wednesday what's on the agenda wednesday wednesday's just a day off okay technically <laughs> we still have pigskin rehearsals and we're, oh, we're setting sure. up and getting ready for yeah, thursday but, but <laughs> not not, not a f- relative day off right not not a not a slate of activities on wednesday night all right and then thursday things Whew. really get cranking on thursday here we go so yeah. thursday's fun so uh thursday we have our first showing at pigskin review um, uh, where can people get tickets? Huh? Where can people get tickets? You can try to get tickets. I think we may be sold out. <laughs> That's a good thing. That's uh, a good problem. Uh, you know, the, the Bill Daniel Students Center ticket office is what houses those. So you can go to the homecoming website. That's probably the best place to go. Same thing for the virtual tickets. Though. Same thing for virtual tickets. Same thing for grandstands. So okay. we can talk about that when we get to the parade. Oh, yeah. But um, So Thursday night's our first showing at Pigskin Review. That's when the homecoming court is revealed, which we're really excited about. There's a modest change to that tradition this year. It was queen her court for a number of years and so this year we expanded that tradition to be homecoming court so it includes males now and huh. so That's we'll awesome. have a king and a queen and so we just as we looked up at some of these traditions and continued to evaluate how we evolve over time we just recognized there was a great opportunity to acknowledge young men who were doing really significant work in philanthropy and service to community and their academic rigor um, much like we do for our female students. And so um, we've expanded that tradition. We had a really great response from our male students who wanted to participate in that tradition. So we'll have a king and queen this year, and we'll have uh, a part of the court will be males and females. And so um, that'll be a, a relatively new um, kind of addition uh, on Thursday night. And then mass meeting will be one of the more meaningful opportunities for our students to gather up together. Um, rain is in the forecast on Thursday. So right now we're scheduled for Fountain Mall. We'll see if we can do Fountain Mall. We don't do Fountain Mall. We'll do the indoor practice facility. Um, but it has uh, the mass meeting. For those of you who haven't gone, and if you're an alumni, you're welcome to come. Mm. We'd love for you to show up and be a part of that experience with us. But there's um, uh, Neil Knighton, for nearly 40 years, has read the story of the Immortal Ten. Oh, he each, does a great job. Each wow. individual young man who passed away 
um, during that experience and, and what they meant to the community and what they participated in, whether at Baylor and what they majored in. Um, and that's a huge part of this tradition is telling their story. We tell that story so that we can say they, they embody the Baylor spirit, that one man would choose to sacrifice their lives for the well-being of another. Kind of that epicenter of the Abe Kelly story of mm. Abe Kelly being the captain and one of the senior leaders of that team, seeing the train descend upon the bus and grabbing his friend and pushing him out the window and saving his life. Um, that's why he sits at the forefront of the Immortal Ten statue here on campus. And uh, as we pass that eternal flame from generation to generation, seniors pass to juniors, who pass to sophomores, who now pass to the first-year students, um, that story is such a powerful moment for our incoming students to recognize that they have joined something that is far bigger than themselves. That is a tradition that dates back uh, 90, 90 plus years, 93 years at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but more importantly, they, they join a Baylor story that's in progress, 175 years of tradition and of sacrifice and of contribution. And it's their call to action. It's the, what will you contribute now? You have four years ahead of you, which is shorter than you think, mm-hmm. right? It is shorter than you think. What will you contribute to this place so that others may enjoy it and cherish it and love it the way you cherish it and love it too. Uh, Coach Taft will not be able to join us this year, unfortunately. His, um, but he, we, uh, a number of years ago, we captured one of his speeches um, and, and, and archived it. So we're able to still share some of the great stories That's that Coach great. Taft brings to that tradition, who had been another long-standing speaker at mass meeting. Um, and then, of course, the evening ends with a very enthusiastic benediction from Coach Drew. It, he doesn't. He doesn't bring this. He doesn't bring a very solemn prayer. No. It, it is a. It's a very pep rally esque prayer, and yes. so uh, he brings the energy as Coach Drew typically does. And so he's done that for the last number of years for wow. us, which lots is a really of, fun. Lots of joy with him. That's <laughs> <laughs> all you did there. Very good. That's all you did there. Um, and so, and then the bonfire will have been built already, and then they'll go out and, and do some things with the bonfire that evening, and then we start up friday and then friday comes. yes <laughs> we're just gonna keep you going let's go <laughs> yeah walk let's us go. through the whole week this is where i don't sleep um <laughs> you know friday is great it's a, it's a day full of reunions day full of activities for our alumni to engage campus is just buzzing and alive and fun um and so i love friday i love just the interactions you know when i tell our students that um whenever we're tired we're worn out and we have these moments of just like, I can't take another step. It's just been every evening and every day for the last few months, really. But then this intense week that we're working through, I'm like, keep your eyes open to these really sweet moments. You'll see someone, see a best friend they haven't seen in a year or two or 10. And there's this moment where they run toward each other and, and embrace. And you're like, what a beautiful mm-hmm. moment that this weekend created for them. And now for us, or you see a, a multi-generational family, a grandfather, grandmother with a grandchild, it, you know, teaching them about Baylor, showing them the things that meant so much to them, taking them to the bear habitat, taking them to the Barfield drawing room, taking them to the quadrangle. And you see these moments of kind of passing along of a legacy, you know, you, you, it's just, there's all these small moments of connection and belonging. And it makes you realize that's why we do what we do. We're not doing it to start a fire or to get really pumped up about a football game. Well, that's an outcome, right? We're doing it because this weekend facilitates such beautiful opportunities for people to not only be reminded, but to have this moment of relationship and connection that just brings you back home. Mm. Hence the name, brings you back home. And just reminds you of all that was 
really good and sweet about your time at Baylor. So as long as we keep our eyes open to that, it gives us great energy and great enthusiasm because you realize that the, the event that we're planning, the experience we're sacrificing for, has purpose and has meaning mm-hmm. beyond just the, some of the traditions we're executing. Um, but all those moments are happening. Uh, obviously, we have two performances of Pigskin on Friday night. Uh, we, we are bookended by the extravaganza bonfire. We have, we have a really unique introduction this year, which we're excited to, to host for the first time ever. Um, we are celebrating our African-American and black students in a really thoughtful way um, by hosting uh, the 10th anniversary of the MPHD Garden, which is a, it's a garden dedicated to our African-American fraternities and sororities on campus. It's the 10th anniversary of that, of that um, garden, which we're really thrilled to celebrate. Um, then we have a, a huge reception hosted by the Department of Multicultural Affairs, and then the um, and then a step show, a step show right in the middle of, oh, of the Barco drawing room with our students, and so um, uh, the Royal and Blue Step Show hosted by Phi Beta Sigma, and so we are we are thrilled. That's the first time we're able to host this kind of collection of events in the in the, in the prime time of our homecoming celebration, and so um, you know that continual evolution of a tradition as we try to invest in. Our, our student body in really thoughtful ways as we hear that feedback and then try to respond as thoughtfully as we can. And so um, after the step show, we'll have the extravaganza bonfire, light that big fire in the middle of campus, and then pigskin review happens at the late show. So for those brave souls who do the <laughs> 1030 to <laughs> <Right>. 1230 uh, <laughs> pigskin review, then just thank you for buying tickets to that. That's a, that's a, that's a late show. That's a late night. You're, you're just powering through some stuff at that point in time. But you know, and after that, we we leave straight from Pigskin and we go straight to downtown Waco. Wow! And so we start setting up around one a.m. Uh, for the parade. And uh, well, you weren't kidding. This is really when you don't sleep. <laughs> no, we don't sleep. We don't sleep. There's some tired eyes by the yeah. end of this week, but we go we go right into it. We start shutting down roads and start mapping out the parade. Uh, you know, for us, that means uh, you know every single parade entry has a different length that needs from us. And so as we line them up on either side of Austin Avenue between 8th Avenue and 17th, um, you know, 8th Street and 17th Street, you know, we have to, you know, entry one may be six feet. So we're mapping that out. But entry two on the other side may need 30 feet. And so, you know, the band's always a hard one. The Golden Wave band, they need like 120 feet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But so we map that out. So every single entry gets their own location and we make sure that we have enough space in every single location to ensure that that a float or a balloon or a carriage or a car can all fit appropriately so we can line them up so we can kind of zipper them in as we start the parade because we start, you know, we're going either side of the street, back and forth, back and forth for 120, 130 entries. And so wow. uh, hopefully in order so that we don't mess up with John and Lori because <laughs> they have a list in front of them yeah. and it is one through 120. And if I get off by one person, then John's like, welcome this float. And it's like, nope, that's nope. it. That's a horse. Nope. Not it. <laughs> Y'all do. And Chamber does a great job. So a great job yeah. in that. That is a monumental task. Well, and it's. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the nation's largest homecoming parade. We will claim it. Let's make that that. point. Yes, we'll make it. Absolutely. And also verified by the Smithsonian. I was taught this in my very first week at (laughs) Baylor. You were. Verified to be the the oldest oldest. homecoming. Don't let anybody tell you any difference. 1909. So it's been 112 years since that very first one. And this is the 97th homecoming because of those few years. And we've really kept the same rhythm. I mean, if you look at the first ever homecoming. By the way, it was University of Missouri that claimed that they were the oldest, and that's oh. why we had to challenge that 
um, very inaccurate statement from the University of Missouri <laughs> uh, that we are the oldest homecoming. And then Where Mac Rhodes was once the athletic director. So, and we well, had that conversation. He found his way. He yes, found exactly. His way. <laughs> exactly. He found the light. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State makes similar claims. And so our president, I think, at times has some tension between uh, her, her alma mater like yeah. and the place for which she's. I haven't heard that claim. Uh, I think that would be a fun question to ask Dr. Livingston. <laughs> of who has the best homecoming, <laughs> Oklahoma State or Baylor? Yeah. Um, uh, but no, you know, the first homecoming was, you know, I, I talked about it. You know, it was the, the Truett or the um, sermon by George W. Truett. It was a, a bonfire right in front of, right in the middle of campus. It was the, following the bonfire that they had an old time soiree, which they, is a dance, mm-hmm. kind of a fun <laughs> little dance experience in the middle of campus. And the next morning they had a parade that marched right through downtown. At the time, people joined the parade. <laughs> and oh, so wow. the parade would come through downtown and people just come in and follow, follow along. They, and they went, they drove into the stadium. Yeah. And right so they, the game, right, right into the game. Yeah. And so they, they prayed, wow. they prayed, marched right into the game. And uh, we beat Ann Rand University, now TCU, ah. in our first ever homecoming game. So perfect. One of many victories <laughs> against John, TCU. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you could call them Ad Rand, you can call them TCU. They're got, still TCU. They are. Yeah, they are. That's but, fun. But the parade's great. Our grand marshal this year is Coach Drew, and so he'll be leading the parade alongside of other dignitaries. And so. Um, you know, the, the, the tradition continues to evolve. We have, we have, I think, 14 balloons this year in the parade. Wow. We're, we're going to get dangerously close to being Macy's if we're not careful. <laughs> um, uh, we're still trying to convince them, by the way. If you have any connections with Macy's, Macy's out there, uh-huh. we love to put our big bear in the Macy's Thanksgiving oh, Day Parade. that would be great. Wouldn't yeah. that be fun? Yeah. We would love to do that. So if anyone out there has any connections with Macy's, Perfect. you know, give us a nod. We'd love yeah. to show up at Thanksgiving and, and fling that green and gold afar. All right. A little bit of construction around uh, Waco, around campus, around I-35, just a little. Just a tad. Does just a tad. that alter the parade route, or how do you how do you handle that? Yeah, just modestly. Okay. You know, we um, we had hoped to be able to go down Fifth Street. They didn't make as much progress as uh, they anticipated this time of year, so we're just going down Fourth Street. Okay. And okay. so we're just going to keep going on Austin Avenue. Still start at Eighth in Austin, um, and Austin, and launch from there. We'll go down to Fourth Street, hang a right. We'll do a little little. Uh, uh, turn on the access road right. on I-35 and then join campus on Fifth Street. So we'll probably have some unique moments with the parade with some big floats <laughs> and some ducking some ducking down, <laughs> some some big, huge hills we have to climb over to get to different places. But but by and large, I think we'll be able to keep the same route. And so and that, that Fourth Street development, too, with, with Fables and some other storefronts that kind of come alongside that Fourth Street, that's a really fun place to go down anyways. Yeah. And so we're really thrilled to be able to – uh, uh, well, you know, we're thrilled that we're able to get under I-35. That was right, a question, right. you know, even a yeah. few months ago is will, will we even be able to do the parade we had thought we were going to do? And the fact that we're able to do the parade and go down 4th Street starting downtown like Christian asked us to, um, we're just really excited and grateful for the city of Waco and their partnership with us. So that is Saturday, and then anything going right up to the game, or does that kind of wrap it up and then give people a second to breathe, uh-huh. maybe you a nap, and then go to the football game? Yeah, well, I know uh, no one takes breath during homecoming, which is uh, part of the, the energy and excitement around it. You know, all of us, will the parade will wrap up somewhere between 10 and 1030. John and Lori will be delightful hosts on the parade route, announcing all the, uh, uh, the live stream. For those who can't join us on campus, you can watch it live. Um, and then, uh, and then we leave straight from there and start setting up for football. And we're only four hours out at that point. And yep. so uh, we, we already start student tailgating, and we start setting up the Bayer line. We have about 90 minutes in between the parade wrapping up and the Bayer line starting to join us in the queuing area. 
And so we'll we'll go straight into the game, get the bear line all set up and ready to go, and then uh, we'll do our normal our normal launch. And hopefully we'll have a high level of energy from our student body. We just had we've had really incredible support this year from our students, like we typically do. You know, our students always average somewhere between sixty five and seventy five percent of our collective student body comes to every single home football game. Wow. Let's that, say that one more time. Yeah, that's tremendous. very enthusiastically. <laughs> yeah. Sixty five to seventy percent of the student body. Is at the football game. It's at a football game. It, it is really incredible. I know we've we've I have grown accustomed to it now because it's been since uh, Floyd Casey days that our students have been this enthusiastic about football. Um, but it really is an incredible percentage of our undergraduate population that comes to every single home football game. We have a high level of support from our student body. Just a comparison, you know, our Big Twelve colleagues. There's no one over thirty percent. Wow, that's who wow. will come to a home football game, and so. For our students to come out the way they do, um, you know, you got to think of, you know, 30% of our student body would be three to 4,000 people. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in that in eight, nine, 10,000 student a game range. And so we're, we're way up there. And so, you know, we always love our student support. We love the Bayer line. Um, you know, and one of my favorite traditions now, I love, and I, I, I've been sticking around for this more frequently. I love when the football team runs over and high fives the yes. Bayer line after the game. Yeah. Isn't that a great moment? I get really teary just thinking yeah. through that you know it goes back to this relationship this opportunity to be known and to know others and even though it's a very cursory interaction that expression of appreciation for each other you know our students expressing appreciation for the athletes who competed and and in those moments have won and our athletes expressing appreciation for the students who power through 110 120 degree weather um, sitting in the sun the entire time to cheer them on that exchange is a, is a really beautiful moment, and and I think at, at homecoming it'll be really special to see that after we beat BYU. So, <laughs> and isn't it fun having BYU as the homecoming guest this year, future Big Twelve opponent? Yeah, it's it's it's. It, I mean, who could have written the script better? Right, the fact that we have mm-hmm. BYU at homecoming. Right, right. And uh, you know, we're planning a handful of things to welcome them to the Big Twelve. You know, they're one of our more enthusiastic partners, and I think uh, uh, their president's going to be in a parade. And we'll be uh, participating in a number of our homecoming oh, activities. Wow. And so uh, hopefully they receive a very warm welcome from the Baylor family. Um, they've had a great year so far, um, really strong season, and, and bring a lot of unique um, characteristics to the Big 12. And so I'm, I'm excited to kick off the competition with them early, uh, not two years from now, but, but this homecoming. So BYU will be a really fun and special game and uh, really thrilled to have them there. And it'll also be, I know we celebrated the 10th anniversary of the Heisman last weekend, but it will be a homecoming for oh, RG3. Right. Yeah. He is uh, the analyst for the game. So um, unfortunate he couldn't be here last weekend, but super exciting that he'll get to be here for homecoming and um, be a part of all of that as well. So, and I think we have the, the Sailor Bear helmets. Is I would it? think we just announced that this morning. All so right. the oh, Sailor Bear, yeah. So I know people get pumped about that love also. It. So yep. very exciting. <laughs> the, the bookstore beware. Yeah. <laughs> people will come and <laughs> buy those little, those little mini helmets. Yeah. They love those mini Sailor Bear helmets. They'll be prepared. Well, what a, what a week. Thanks for lining it up for us, setting it up for us. Uh, and, um, it's just a really a special week on the Baylor campus. Yeah, it's incredible. And I'll maybe go back to this. I've heard rumors that uh, there may be a special moment with the Bayer line in RG3. Oh, at the game. okay. Nice. There might be. I like that. We'll see. We'll Very see. Very good. All I'll, right. I'll tee that up for those who have to get to the game a little early, right? There you go. <laughs> if There's you're not, your if you're, cue. If you're not there by minute nine before kickoff, you're, you may miss out on something special. <laughs> so be in your seat. So be, be in your ready. seat and be ready.
Very good. Well, happy homecoming to you. Yes. One more thing to mention. Yeah, please. The, uh, the documentary on Lady has been debuted, right? It it's available been. now. It and I'm guessing that'll be very popular this week as well. Yeah. We, we released it last night, Monday night at 8 o'clock, and it had already gotten a very um, warm response from our alumni base. For those of you unfamiliar, one of our bears, Lady, who's 19 years old, um, which in bear years is a little bit more on the geriatric side. They're, they're, <laughs> she's an aging bear. Okay. Um, and so having some health issues are, is not going to be uncommon as we kind of navigate these next couple of years of their, of their natural lives. And so, um, uh, but Lady in particular had two significant health issues that we had to navigate. And we have these incredible partners at Texas, Texas A&M and their exotic animal hospital that um, did some in, innovative and technologically just frontline work with, with Lady. First off, to diagnose her, first with a thinoma, which is a mass around her heart that was about the size of a fist, mm. um, which they did, a, they did a topotherapy, which is a radiation treatment that um, had never been done on a bear before. Wow. And, um, and it worked. Wow. And it shrunk the tumor and it was able to give her a really high quality of life because that tumor, had it kept going, kept growing, would have pressed up against her heart and potentially her esophagus and really caused some significant issues. And so that therapy, as innovative as it was, um, was just so um, impactful for her well-being. And then a few months later, um, a lady had some some rear leg lameness, and we started noticing she was not walking well. And ultimately, one day, she went down, and, and A&M was so gracious, is in the middle of the shutdown. Their hospital was not operating mm. at normal operations. They took us the next day. And up she had a she had a tumor around her spinal cord, and uh, you know we had this really seminal moment where I'm you know I'm on the phone with our senior leadership and like this could be the day mm-hmm. where wow. we have to announce to the world that lady's no longer with us, and uh, we were preparing for that. We we writ, wrote the obituary, we had the memorial, um, we have a memorial that we're gonna that we're gonna build at some point for these two bears, and uh, we have a design or had pictures released. Like we were ready. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, they brought in a veterinary neurologist and they did a spinal surgery on lady, the first ever of its kind on a bear and, uh, were able to remove the mass. And, uh, a year later she is back to normal. Wow. wow. She is, she oh, is, she that. is, she is walking and climbing and standing up and doing sickums. And she is the girl that we've always known her to be. Ah. And so, um, that journey took so much effort. She needed round the clock care. She had to be, um, cared for every two hours for two months. So we had students and staff at midnight and two in the morning and four in the morning and six in the morning coming up and treating her and feeding her and taking care of her as she went through this really incredible recovery this season. But, uh, lady's a fighter Hmm. and she, she, uh, we knew it from the very beginning. We didn't know she would make it out of surgery. We didn't know if the surgery would work. Um, but man, once we started kin- we kind of catching these moments, these glimpses in her eyes that just became really clear to us that she was going to be okay. And so we, our team, just really tried to match her resilience and her grit. You know, it, it cost us some sleep and it cost us some hours, but, um, but she fought and we fought and fought together. And, uh, and now she's back to normal and we're so thrilled. So anyways, uh, a documentarian um, chronicled that whole journey. Wow. And, and, and released a film on it, and, and uh, uh, it got, we did a premiere on Friday of last week, the Mayborn, and now we're, we've 
pushed out to the public um, last night, and it's it's a beautiful journey. I would say get some Kleenex. It's amazing. It is. It, it, it is it, amazing. It'll, it'll 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 touch those heartstrings a little yeah. bit. Where can people find that? So um, you can find it on Baylor's Facebook page or Baylor's okay. YouTube channel. Okay, it's in in all those various locations. You can watch a film. It's it's twenty two minutes long. It's not super lengthy. You know, it's not something you have to lock it down for a couple hours for. Um, but, uh, but it's a great story and it, and it, and it speaks volumes about who we are as, as people of faith that we care for God's creation. These aren't mascots to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, this is a, this is a creature created by God that's been given to our stewardship to care and love and, uh, and nurture. And I think the film really beautifully represents that level of care, um, and just frankly, our, our desires for the bears, you know, we have this saying that we use in the kind of the animal husbandry world that you want every animal to have as many good days as possible, but their last day should not be their worst day. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the decisions that we have been facing over the last 18 months is that we don't want lady to ever suffer on our behalf. Hopefully we have the compassion as much as it would hurt to let her go if that time came. But um, how fortunate are we? that we have brilliant doctors at A&M, that we have incredible partnership with that university, and uh, we have dedicated students and staff who are willing to put in the work to help her. And then, frankly, we have an incredible bear yeah. who just fought like crazy to come back. And, uh, and, and um, we, broke, we broke medical records here. Things had never been done. A bear never, had never recovered. We, we are writing the book on bear care wow. at this point. And wow. so we're, we're incredibly proud and honored and humbled to have uh, been a part of this whole journey. And now she's here for more Sikkims and another homecoming. More Sikkims. <laughs> Her, uh, I guess, 19th homecoming. Yeah, so. wow. I love it. Very good. Well, thanks for your time. We, Like we said, we know you're very busy, but we appreciate your time, and thanks for sharing. I know everybody appreciates hearing from you and your heart uh, about mm-hmm. Baylor and about Baylor homecoming and what it means to so many of us. Matt, thank you very much. John, thank you. Brooke, thank you so much. Absolutely. We will be back with more on the Sikkim podcast in two weeks as uh, those students prepare for full-size candy bars from Dr. Livingstone (laughs) and the football team gears up for their matchup at home against Texas. But thanks again for tuning in to this week's Sikkim podcast, and we'll be back for more. Happy homecoming. You've been listening to the Sikkim podcast. The Sikkim Podcast has been a production of Baylor Athletics.